0: hello and welcome to the win-win effect podcast with your host chris ross this is the show for anyone that wants to drive productivity and maximize potential in any industry let's take a moment have you ever wondered about the psychology behind the persuasive marketing driving you to take action, sometimes on products you never thought people would buy. Well, that's just what makes this podcast stand out from the others. On these episodes, Chris will break down proven strategies that his companies use to respectably enroll prospective students into the correct programs to achieve overall business success and fulfillment in life. You will get a rare centralized look into both sides of the bias. Seller relationships that I'm sure anyone tuning in will receive massive value from to implement instantly. There are huge quantities of of information or material from companies just trying to sell products but not many giving you the right information on how to build companies from solid foundations focusing on customers actually winning as the outcome the win-win effect podcast is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration in business time is the only non-renewable resource in life So with this podcast, the outcome is designed to bring you value, to make it worth your time.
1: Happy Monday, Monday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Win-Win Effect podcast. This is Chris Ross, and of course, we have our co-host of our show, Wes Bazon. What's up, man? How's it going, Chris? Man, you know it you know it. I'm excited for this episode, my man. I mean, yeah, really it's going to be good. Yeah. I hope everyone is doing well out there, all the listeners and staying safe. If you're new to us and you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. And as a reminder, do us a favor and fill out the feedback form in the description box. The other day, Wes, <laughs> I, I know I talked to you about it earlier today, but they, one of the VPs of the trade schools and obviously what's going on right now, they're not really doing a lot of calls. So they're trying to take advantage of this time to get better with training with their yeah. admission staff with sales team. And they sent me a bunch of calls, a bunch of different calls, but I don't like to do like listen to one call and listen to one in a different stage or a phase of the sales process. I like to listen to all at once, you know, within yeah. that process. So if you're a sales trainer, that's a little tip for you when you're going to <laughs> break down calls, but they, they're having issues with getting to The presentation phase of the sales process, and that which kind of brought me and it kind of gave me an idea of what we should talk about in the next couple episodes with our topics. Because I'm telling you, man, I was listening to some of these calls, and oh man, oh man, oh man, it was like a speed call, bro. It went right through. Not that they were talking fast, it was because they had zero tie downs, zero, and some some would call a trial close, whatever the terminology is for you and the sales jargon in your position. But while I was listening, I thought it was fitting to really expose how we're able to do this so effectively and doing and making it where the buyer doesn't even know it's really happening. Right. That's really, it takes a lot of time and effort, but if you pay attention to very small details and, This word I don't believe in scripts. You know this, and maybe there's some of the listeners out there, they do believe in scripts. That's fine for you. I'm just dyslexic. If I look at a screen, or if I look at paper, look at the words, everything starts to go together. So it's not gonna really help me out much. Right. But I think that's probably what's helped me in my sales career is that I'm so in the zone and in in sync with them that I can actually feel what they're going through. And that's where the tie downs usually come in. But keep in mind, you know, while it's important for the buyer as well to hear these tie downs because they don't want to get to a situation where the rep is talking so fast. So in in today's episode, what we're going to do is we're going to go in a certain direction, but we don't want to go too long with this episode just because of the fact that there's a lot of information and there's a lot of key factors when it comes to doing this effectively. Would you agree, with?
2: Yeah, there's... There's so much that goes on with this from, Mm -hmm. not just from a a strategic standpoint, from a psychological standpoint. Yes. And there's, and like you said, that one key thing there that, you know, doing it without them feeling like you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Because there's the salesy kind of tie downs and then there's the natural tie downs. So it's going to be important for us to also differentiate and be able to show people the difference. And it's
1: not 1945 or 1965 or 1985 or 1995, not 2005 either. You, sales has evolved. People have caught on and they want to know that they have a connection. There's a good chance they know about your business if they're there, you know, inside that sales process. They know exactly who you are, what the company is about. So don't talk about you and the company. Talk about what you can do for them. Why is it so hard for, I guess with any salesperson that doesn't know how to do this effectively, why is it so hard for them to understand the art? of the tie down or the trial closes?
2: It's because they're focused so much on the product, the mm-hmm. product or service. I guess, yeah. And so, you know, where we try to focus ourselves is on education and the other person, because everything that I'm talking to you about has a direct correlation and justification for why it's good for you mm-hmm. and why it makes sense for you specifically. I don't care about the product service or whatever it is, but when you're focused so hard on Just what you're the outcome being that you're selling them your product or whatever it may be that you're selling, it's hard for you to start grasping this because you're not touching people on an emotional level, right? You're not really getting in deep with them, you're not understanding them. And so it's hard for you to make that kind of a transition and and be able to also, you know, head those things off and also think in advance. That's what a lot of what we do. We're strategically saying certain things because it's going to advance us to a next layer that we're trying to get to, right? And so when we're tying things down, we're tying things down as we go and it's just, but it's all about that person, not about the outcome that we're searching for.
1: A lot of people just try to focus on, they think it, a tie down or a trial close is trying, trying to get them to say yes and getting them in a yes state. That's not what it is. I mean, trial closes are, are not just asking for the sale. It's just say, for instance, you're in a presentation type of phase. It doesn't really matter to me what stage of the sales process you're in. I do this all the way through and even afterwards of checking in with the buyer after they you know, enroll into whatever program or product or service or whatever you're selling. But trial closers are very small closes you mm-hmm. use during the conversation and dialogue you have with your potential client. While you're going through the whole way, face to face, doesn't matter, or if you're doing it on a phone sales team, it doesn't matter where. I do it with kids, I do it with people I have conversations with because I want to make sure they're understanding why I'm talking about what I'm talking about. Right. How is it easier for you? Just say Wes, just for a second. I know that when you very first got started in sales, was it easier for you to understand that you've been doing this whole, your whole life?
2: And right in the beginning, when I first started in sales, mm-hmm. I here's the thing, I didn't know it consciously. Okay. And so I found myself doing these things, you know, almost unconsciously. Right? so i'm just got, it's more like from my subconscious i'm doing it naturally right because it comes from my childhood because it's something that i naturally did that's how i did it in sales but when i started to understand or consciously understand how to how to actually do this it took my game to another level
1: i mean it's a very powerful tool in your sales arsenal if you are able to focus on this little small skill set yeah but only when you use it correctly right. avoid sounding like a pirate or if you don't want to give off the impression that you might have a tick or something, (laughs) think of it this way. It's all about transferring your belief, opinion, or conviction over to the other person. Sales is an art. It's an act of having a conversation with a person, another human being, and learning about their pain points, their experiences, what's potentially held them back where have they ensailed that? I mean, it, there's a difference between of understanding subconscious and conscious. We talked about that before, but I look at it as pain and pleasure, same way. Because what makes us very effective, and I see you do this all the time, is how we're able to penetrate all the way down to the layers and get to the core and the root of the problem is that we hit with pain, frame a pleasure. Hit mm-hmm. with pain, frame of pleasure. I hope that makes sense. Explain that better for me.
2: Yeah, no, and it does. It makes perfect sense because you're, you're relating the two, you're hitting their, their emotional side and justifying the logical side. Yes. Right? Because even an emotion can be logical, right? And who, who are we to determine what a logic is? It's logical if it makes sense in your own mind. So if I'm hitting on, if I'm hitting on the pain points and it's something you want to avoid and then I'm giving you something that logically makes, well, it makes you feel good, but logically you want to obtain, you're, you're anchoring down that piece. And I guess we can call it, you're tying it down. Yes. So that you can, that your point is met. Your point is understood and also it's felt and because it's felt now they can take more ownership over it. Now
1: it allows you to take them to that next step. A lot of people try to focus on just the sale or the product or service and they're waiting They're They think they listen well. If you have active listening, you're not going to listen for an opportunity for you to come in with an angle or a pitch and trying to get a tie down that way (laughs) or going into, I don't know, the presentation phase or going into the close. I don't close people, neither do you. Uh We don't have to. We take it away from at the beginning that they have an option to be able to purchase whatever we're communicating with them on and let them know that we're, try to select hand, select the people that really we want to work with. And most importantly, we, why we feel that they're going to be good fit for this product service or good when you have that type of approach. And we'll talk about this in future episodes and go really in detail because it, it's a science behind it and why it's effective It's proven science. And for you to be able to drop down these tie downs, it's not about, does that make sense? A lot of people say, "Does that make sense? It's okay if you're in a group setting to say, Does that make sense because you don't want to jump over people's heads with certain terminology or the way that you're framing that tie down. I hope that makes sense to people
2: yeah yeah, it does it does because here's the thing the 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 so does that make sense or using that type of a term then it's a temp check right, right. and you and you're looking to see if that person is following you, it's not necessarily a tie down, you know, when you're saying that, and that's why I understand exactly what you're saying. It's, but you're like, okay, are you with me? Are you understanding? Well, the whole point is I'm trying to see if you understand what I'm telling you because I'm trying to take you to that next step. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm, and because I haven't mapped out in my head, how we're going to get to whatever outcome for that call that we're looking to, looking to get to. And I know what I need to touch on in order to get there.
1: Right. And you just, you just did a trial close without yep. even realizing it but the way that you said it. You're trying to get them to the next step. Well, tell them that. You'll go, does that make sense? What I'm trying to do with you, Mr. and Mrs. Prospect, is provide you enough clarity to get you to the next step. What do you think the next step would be from here? It's that simple. Yeah. You're not, they're not only going to feel listened to, but they're going to feel your intention is pure because you're trying to let them understand and anticipate if they're following you and knowing, anticipating what's going to happen later in the process. Yeah, I like to say sometimes with people, like, are you ready to learn more? Like, say, give me more. And that gets them excited. But it's me just using my humor and trying to transfer that belief over and transfer that conviction of understanding. Maybe sometimes I downgrade something if it's really bad for them and say, Mm -hmm. listen, it's not really that bad. You just have to look at it in this perspective. And this is how I'm able to drive home my message for them to understand, okay, maybe it isn't that bad. It's all my perspective. I'm looking at it in a different lens. Chris is right. teaching me a different way of doing it. How, how effective can that be with a confrontational buyer?
2: Uh, it's, it can be extremely effective if you do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Right? So, because you have to understand their feelings, right? And I know I see you do this all the time. You do it extremely well. You have to understand where they are. And you need to make sure that you're not triggering those things that are going to keep them confrontational. But what you're doing is you're showing them, you're kind of moving that frame and you're showing them how things could look like or what things could potentially be. And that's where it's important for them to have that level of ownership over as well, like you mentioned before. And so that would be my question for you as well is because when people think of tie downs, they think of them saying something or doing something that ties it down but how important is it for the tie-down also to come from the prospect, for them Mm -hmm.
1: to tie it down? That's the most important piece. I mean, that's why it's called a tie-down. Yeah. Usually when you're tying something down, you gotta tie down two ends, don't you? Right. You you can't just assume they're understanding what you're talking about. If it's a educational program or they requested information, the way that you would handle it, they're requesting more education, aren't they? What? doesn't mean that they're highly educated or poorly educated, but you need to make sure that you're on the same type of wavelength with them and speaking their terminology. This goes back to matching and mirroring. All of this stuff comes into play. It doesn't, you can't just get on the phone and have scripts and have zero connection with people and you're you're just going to read the script and have zero tonality with it and not driving home the message, not tying it down with the trial closes or pre-framing or getting them to the point where they understand, okay, Chris told me it will be like this. That's why sales is so difficult for people that have been doing this their whole lives and they're not understanding why it's not working now. Right. You got people and I've, and if they're watching this and they're listening to this, I'm, I'm, I'm honored. I've read a lot of books, Wes, so have you. And the books that I have read over the years, they're no longer working in today's marketplace. I'm trying to educate everybody listening and in. It no longer works. I'm not going to say the names of these books. Just go back 10 years. None of them work. You might can take some of the things and sprinkle it in, in your sales process and the way that with your methods and techniques and how to improve, but it's not going to really drive home to the core and root of people's, I don't know, setbacks or, you know, problems they had in life. It's going to take for you to raise your knowledge and gain more emotional intelligence is the only way you're going to be able to do this effectively. Would you agree? I
2: would, because our, the buyers coming in now, prospects coming in now are more educated yes. right? because of the access to information that they have. It doesn't mean they're, they're necessarily educated the right way. They're just more educated. And so the way that I look at it is when I'm dealing with a prospect, I'm looking to educate them on what's holding them back. I'm looking to educate them. I'm steering that education from what they think they know to what they really need to know to get to the desired outcome. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm looking to do that, I'm looking to build a lifelong client, which means that I'm going to build a different kind of relationship with that person. And so when it gets to tie downs or trial closes, people think that when we say that word, it means that you're, you're trying to see if that person is going to buy from you. It has nothing to do with that. It's looking to make sure that that person now is at that critical point that you need them to be at in order for you to be able to move on to what's left. So if I, if I map out a journey with every prospect, Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm, as I'm speaking with them, this is where my emotional intelligence comes in. I can map out exactly what that roadmap needs to look like in order for them to be in a position to be able to make whatever kind of investment or whatever it is that they need to do. And then also in that position to succeed with it moving forward. And so I'm thinking about all these things. And when I say in a position, I don't mean financially. That's part of it. But I mean in every single way, emotionally and all of that as well. And so as that's the roadmap I map out in my head right from the beginning. Now that I understand this roadmap, I'm going to keep steering that ship through my questioning. through, And that's why where the tie downs come in because I need to make sure, okay, we've gotten to stage one. In, in their hundred stage journey, we've gotten to stage one, but I got to make sure they're actually there. I got to make sure they understand what I'm telling them and that, you know they fully understand it and own it. Now we can move on to the next piece. And it's the same thing. Like if I'm trying to get to a very specific outcome with you on the, on this call, I'm because I know what the outcome is. I can keep on steering that ship with my questions, with the mm-hmm. with you know where what I put into that conversation, right? And what I'm listening for for what you're saying, and how I can frame you know my next question, and I can keep on doing that right. because I know what the outcome needs to be. But that doesn't say, that doesn't mean the sale. That just means I need to get you to a point that you need to be so I can
1: keep moving you forward. Exactly. That makes sense. It's all about gauging that pace. We talk, right. we talk a lot about that. And I'm so happy that you went to there because a lot of people don't understand that roadmap in your own mind as a salesperson. Because they think they have to follow protocol and follow the protocol to the T. This is where you lose your buyers. Oh. Because there's four different personality types. And, and every single last one of them Every person you speak to, I want you to understand something. Every person on this planet is unique, different, and special in their own little way. They have, because they have past experiences. They have different responsibilities. They have different goals. Do they not? Of course. Okay. So why wouldn't you treat every buyer differently? <laughs> or why would you treat them the same way? Right. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense, and it, you're. That's where you're not reaching your buyers on a, on a deeper level, for them to really understand your your intention. I say I say this all the time. People need to understand the way that they communicate, and the way that they're working with their buyers. They think they need to learn all these methods and techniques, and learn so much about sales, and memorize a script, and focus on the tonality side. What helps me get to the top one percent in the world in sales and actually allows me to stay there. It has nothing to do with all of those methods and techniques and all the, the knowledge that I have in sales it has everything to do that. I have a way of connecting with people. Right. I literally want to put myself and it's hard for me to kind of communicate this to the world so I sound crazy. Sometimes Wes. was, I literally want to get on the phone. If I'm doing phone sales, I'm going to get on the phone and visualize what they look like visualize what they have in their room their house their car and then that that's going to allow me to paint the outside layers of that frame does that make sense right so when i'm doing it that way now like i start visualizing all start i start painting a picture I ever paint my mom used to she cross stitch and paint pictures all the time like the water ones you know yeah color pencils whatever yeah um I start plugging in all the holes and all that. What everything looks like within that sales process, when I'm gonna start guiding them and with that pace, and I'm leading them down the road, that picture's gonna get real clear for me later. Yeah. I know exactly what the problem is, and I'm gonna merge myself into them and feel their emotions. That's how much you need to be in tune right. with your prospect because they're going to feel that. Right. I'm now feeling their emotions. And I want to take the pain away from them. So only way for me to do that is to prevent that pain from ever happening again and re-anchoring a different emotion to it. Right. Does that sound, I probably sound nuts.
2: No, but no, it makes perfect sense. You're, you're making yourself familiar. So is it, you're, you're dropping yourself into them, right? Into yes. their, their scenario, their situation. Because if you don't, what's the alternative? You, you can't connect. You can't truly connect. Because I can whatever like you can have something that to me seems like the smallest problem in the world but in your mind it's causing you the most anxiety in your life yeah. right now it's causing you the most stress in your life so what i need to do is i need to dive in there and feel exactly what you're feeling understand exactly what you're understanding think the way that you're thinking that way then i can go back and see how can i formulate a certain scenario certain questions mm-hmm. certain you know just a certain road map or a journey for you, walk you through a journey that will help you start breaking yourself out of this, out of that pain, out of that situation, out of that whatever. And also, if it's something that's giving you major anxiety, how can I create a scenario that will allow you to start dropping or downplaying for yourself how much it actually has an effect on you so that I can help you move forward? So it makes perfect sense exactly what you're saying. And people who will actually take the time to do this, that's where you're going to win because you're going to connect with that person at a level that nobody else can because you, it's like you're them. It's like, I'm, I'm like one of your family members because I'm inside of that scenario with you. Right. But now I got to break myself out and also bring you out of that, you know, scenario as well. But now I've connected.
1: Over the years I've worked with, I I can't tell you how many people by now, but I remember all their situations. I don't remember their names. I remember if I'm a face person because no. <laughs> I'm a salesperson. I'm, if I see your face, I'm like, oh, that guy looks familiar. That girl looks familiar. I've seen them mm-hmm. somewhere <laughs> all over the world that happens." But I've worked with so many people and there's only a certain amount of patterns, behavioral patterns with humans. So if you emerge yourself in their situation and you start to feel their situation, you're going to start getting a lot of confidence and gaining that confidence because you've been there before, right? You know exactly what to do, how to communicate it with that personality type and understanding their situation completely and being empathetic. If they're vulnerable, only if they're vulnerable, you're empathetic when it's self-sabotage and they're not following your instructions. That's when you, that's when you check them. Right. listen, for me to be able to coach you or me to be able to work with you individually, it needs to be worth my time and effort. Same thing for you, right? If you got on the phone and you didn't hold me accountable, you got with, you know, walked into my office and I didn't do my part, would you feel offended? Yeah, I'm feeling offended right now, Mr. and Mrs. Prospect, because you're not holding up your end of an agreement. And that's where you need to look at the tie down or trial close as well. So all it is is a little mutual agreement. Right, and if you don't spend the time of what we're talking about and actually develop this skill set and hone in on that craft, you're going to lose, and you're going to lose miserably because you're not taking the time and effort to gain more knowledge. i I'll give you the statistic: ninety-five percent of purchasing decisions are made with the subconscious mind. Only five are made with conscious. What is that telling you, Wes? People buy emotionally. Okay. Back in the day, surface level questions were still getting people to buy because they maybe didn't have a complete idea and a complete picture of what they were purchasing in the first place right. until they actually bought it. There is zero, zero buyer remorse for my students. Yep. Zero. My companies, I train this with all my salespeople, the people that I've trained over the years, the sales trainer, the companies, the corporations. Doesn't matter in any kind of capacity. I'm just doing it in a different capacity now because I've done it so long. built it a credibility. There is zero buyer remorse because they need to understand why you recommend XYZ for them and what the agreement is here's what you're going to do on your end or Mr. or Mrs. Prospect for, to be able to fulfill on this order, fulfill on your dreams or whatever it is, insert pleasure. Yeah. Why is that important to understand?
2: Well, that's the tie down. I mean, that's literally what you just did right there. That piece is the tie down because, but why it's so important to understand is because now in today's world, you can't just, you can't just speak logically, right? Mm -hmm. Logically, this is why you should buy this car. That doesn't work anymore, especially because people have so much more information. And also, I mean, let's just face it, with every generation, it seems like people are more into their feelings than they've ever been, Mm -hmm. right? It's because why? Because it's become more okay to lead with your feelings than it even was before, right? So before there was just a certain, you know, when they say the culture was different or they say that people had a different kind of pride, right? So some people used to just buy because of their pride, right? Because that's just, if they didn't, then they were going to look a certain way. But nowadays people are, the, uh, the authenticity is, is out a little bit more and people nowadays are, are more into their feelings. That means you need to take that into account, especially if you're trying to build a lifelong client. And mm. so you got to get deeper. You got to ask those questions. And then from there, you got to be able to take them out of that. And when you're, when you're enrolling them into whatever it is, you're doing it in neutral. You're doing it to where they're not just making an emotional decision. It's backed by a pleasure. It's backed by a fear but it's logical because it's going to take them to where they want to go.
1: When you were talking and I'm really happy, I don't know, something triggered my mind. I've read a statistic, one out of three people in the United States are in some type of form of antidepressant. Yeah. And there's another one one out of three people in the United States drink more than six glasses of alcohol a week. Yeah. What does that tell you?
2: That's Well, that's the whole emotional side of it right there. Okay. I mean, that just tells you right there how much people are emotionally affected today more than ever.
1: Okay. And I'm really happy we're going here. Drinking drugs or whatever it is people use to be able to cope with their situation. That's their way of running away from the problem, is it not? Yep. Yep. So they're running away from their problem. Isn't it? Your job as the person of influence and a person of expert in the field, I get. I see a lot of this bullshit online. I'm a seven-figure earner and I'm an expert. You ain't no expert. You're a clown. You might have made seven figures as in total revenue for the company and you made a percentage of that. (laughs) But there's only top 1% of salespeople and I'm sure that I didn't see your name on that list. (laughs) No. But when you're working with these people, you need to understand something. They're scared to face their issues because this generation we're living in today, we have a solution or something that we can give them. Right. It's the, it's bullshit. Yeah. I understand. You have everything you need to be successful in your own body, mind, body, soul. Use it, utilize it. You have a gift. Every single last one. And I hope all the listeners are really going to pay attention. Every single one of you have a gift, congratulations. It is not everyone's job in this world to be able to show you what your gift is. You're going to have to discover what that gift is and that takes hard work. It takes a, it takes a lot of courage. But if you're able to do it successfully, you'll figure out who you really are. Then you can actually take that gift, whatever it is, and how to define or. How to sharpen on and develop that into a skill set, and when you do that, Wes or listeners, you're going to be very, very, very valuable in okay. business and in personal life. When you merge personal and business, and I'm telling you, Wes, I, I'm I fall victim to this all the time. I would always be the person, Wes. I would be so successful in business and have the shittiest personal life until I started merging things together, and it takes hard work. I mean. It doesn't yeah. happen overnight, does it, Wes?
2: It doesn't. And that's, so th- this is a key point. This is an absolutely a key point that I think we should expand on. Because how important is it for the salesperson to, instead of give them the solution or just like the drug, just like the alcohol, just like whatever it is, instead of give them the solution, give them the accountability for them to get, to,
1: to get the solution. And that's what we do right. with our trial closes. That's exactly what we do with our trial closes. The trial closes is a, is a mini commitment. And it's for us to understand this is what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to do. If you don't hold up your end in the bargain, if I don't hold up my end in the bargain, we're not going to move forward. Right. You got to hold them accountable. People are scared to hold people accountable. And that maybe that's the reason why I don't use trial closes. And for the calls that I listened to for the past two days, I got to listen to more by the end of, I think it's by Wednesday in my report. You're not going to like my report. You're literally getting yesed off the call. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes, yes, yeah, zero commitment. And then yeah. you wonder why they get, you spend all that time with the people and get them all the way through your sales process and you go, I wonder why they didn't show up. <laughs> right.
2: yeah, that's, that's, you know, because before you said, we were talking about the, the phrase, does that make sense, mm-hmm. right? And people use that and they get a yes. But then this is where it gets, that's for me, that's not a tie down, right? right? That's okay. Yeah. You said, yes, that's
1: great. Just making sure you heard me.
2: Right. And so you said, yes, but now I need to expand on that. Mm -hmm. So you said, you said, yes, that makes sense. What exactly made sense to you? How do you feel like it really made sense to you? Mm -hmm. That's a real tie down. Yep. Because now you're coming back, you're taking the accountability. You're actually going to tell me. So now I know you're not just giving me a BS. Yes. You're
1: actually, you're, you're with me here. We're in the, we're in sync. I'm happy that you went that way because you're hitting surface and then going deep, right? because you, are you with me so far? It could be, you would like that, wouldn't you? Yeah. That feature is terrific, which I don't talk about benefits and features. I mean, do you see what I mean? I'm just trying to figure out if you're following me, right? you're understanding my language. I'm communicating with you properly. That sounds great. Doesn't it? That's just going to get you in. What? It's so great about it in your terms. Why would that be great for you, do you think? Is there anything about that product or service or good or that feature, whatever it is, that you would change if you had the power? Right. Why would you feel that way? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you can do this all day long and get to the core because it doesn't take really like something completely off the charts, creative with questions. My questions are very simple. And I usually go with their breathing pattern. That's something we can talk about later in the process. I listen and I'm listening for it. I'm trying to feel what their breathing patterns are and how they usually typically answer my questions. And you can pick out how many syllables they use. That's how much of mirroring and matching that I go into detail with. And and that's
2: that's extremely important. And here's the thing also I want to touch on as well, because I think people will get a lot from this. Is that people think that they need to tie down or trial clothes to see if the person is going to buy. Oh. I right? and and this is because I don't I don't do that. I don't need to. By the time that you're investing with me, it's because I, I know you're investing with me because I'm controlling that whole process anyway. But where where people need to understand is that when we're talking about tie downs and trial closes, it's because again, you're into that next, you're into that next phase that I need you to be at for us to get to whatever outcome that we're searching for. And that's why we're going much deeper mm-hmm. into it. It's not ever about the money because it's not reactive. We don't sell reactively. Oh, are they going to buy? If I, you know, if I'm going to ask them right now, if they're ready, I think I saw somewhere in an article once they were trying to talk about this subject. They're trying to talk about tie downs. And one of the examples they gave, they gave were so Mr. Customer, are you ready to buy today? Oh, and I'm like, this is serious And I think it was ranked on Google. I mean, like, I can't believe this is, this is a crap that's ranked on Google right now. But, that's the thing is, no, we're not doing that. We need to that see. That was the end of the question? That was it. That was it. And so, but that's the thing. They're asking if you're ready to buy. If I need to ask you if you're ready to buy, that means I'm, we have not built the right relationship yet. We're using because, some little
1: messages like buy now.
2: Right, right. <laughs> like It'll be like in your window right there. It's like buy now. Buy like now. Something will right. flash. <laughs> right, right. So, But, that's, you know, but that's, that goes to show you that's a reactive state. What we're trying to do is I'm going to temp check or I'm going to tie down where you are emotionally. Mm -hmm. Are you following me? Is this all makes Do you see how this can harm you if you don't do this? Why do you think this would harm you if you didn't do this? Or why do you think this would help you if you did? You're taking ownership over everything. That's where my tie downs are. You're taking ownership over it because that's the only way you are going to be in a position to be the kind of person that I would want enroll into X product service or whatever. But people don't take that approach. They take that reactive approach to where it's like, okay, let me see if they're ready to buy now.
1: Right. I, I was talking to somebody on the phone and they were talking a lot about the way that they feel about salespeople. Yeah. And it was a good conversation. And I mentioned to him that I don't ever want to be looked at as a salesperson. I don't like to call myself a salesperson because it's what I do for a living is so much more because it's not, I can give a crap about the product to whatever company or corporation and me going into that company or corporation, right? And you've seen me do it and we're doing it still now today, different companies, still taking on new contracts. We come in and fix all the problems. I'm going to align my process with whatever you're selling because whatever you're selling doesn't matter much. I just need to figure out where the fulfillment phase is and how they execute. And that's one of my selling points, but it's not a selling point is me educating them on what's coming up later after you're done with me. Right. Then I'm going to communicate what I'm going to do afterwards. When I usually have that conversation after I'm going through an audit phase with that company, Wes, and listeners out there, I want you to really understand this. When you're communicating with that person or whoever it is, just the same way I do the same thing I'm doing with that CEO or VP or whatever it is, that company. I do the same thing with them that I do with a, person I'm on the phone with or selling technically. I do the same thing. So if I sell a $5 million deal, the same way I would do a $500 deal because it's not about the deal. Right. If you, if you today still have to ask for the money, you shouldn't have to ask them if you do this properly. It's a, it's a part of the journey, part of the process. I will tell the buyer right at the beginning of that that time and going to work with them. We'll get a mutual agreement for me to be able to work with you individually because my time is valuable. So is yours. Time is only non renewable resource. Would you agree? Yes, I know. <laughs> when I do that, I'm getting a mutual agreement. I need you to do this during this process. You're not going to understand the reasons why or the reasons at that time for why I'm asking you to do it, but trust in my ability that I've been here before and I've worked with a lot of people and I've helped them successfully. Can I get an agreement with you that maybe if you don't understand the directions or the assignment that you'll still complete the assignment to that way, you're not going to be delayed in the process. Can I count on you for that? Mm -hmm. Do I have your trust? Then I'll say, During the reason, one of the major reasons why I ask you to do certain things during this process is for you to see things in a bigger picture later down the process. And when I feel that you're ready for me to show you that bigger picture and start talking about it, that will be the time that we start talking about execution. You coming up with a plan of action and you going to take massive action with my direction. At, at that time, I will give you a proper recommendation on what I would do in your current situation. And this is what I'm talking about emerging myself in their situation. Yeah. I put myself in their situation because I want to feel what it feels like to have whatever type of budget, whatever situation at home. I'm telling you, man, if you do this properly... You'll never have to ask for the sale. You're just going to be working with someone and having a conversation, just developing a relationship and you get them to a certain point. If you feel that their core values and the things that they want to accomplish or wants, desire, and needs align with your solution, bam.
2: Yeah. You got got to remove that type of a relationship where that buyer-seller relationship. What I mean by that is that you're viewing me as the seller. I'm viewing you as the buyer you have to remove that. You have to, you have to get onto the same side of the table and be looking forward at what do we need to do to get there. And once you understand my intention and you know that's where I'm going with it, now I can, I can tell you exactly what the roadmap needs to look like. And I'm justifying it with all of the benefit, just like you just did beautifully, Chris. I'm justifying it with, with why it benefits you. Everything yes. that I ask you to do is because of a direct benefit to you. And that's the only thing I care about. And you can feel that through my intention. You cannot
1: do this with a script. No. Because when I just went through that, I went through in my own mind and I was trying to deliver in a certain way. And of course, you have to take out the tonality and you take out the attitude and put the right one in there to be able to do, drive home the message with whoever you're working with because every person is different. I mean, if, right. if you're looking at how science proves, how much sales is influenced by the human brain then you would have to have multiple different scripts (laughs) to fit that one person (laughs) right Right. this is where it all comes into developing the right habits as a salesperson there are some bad ones that people develop and they don't realize that the behavior and the cost of inaction of you actually taking action on what your issue is first one's keeping your word this is perhaps the most important habit in any industry. If you're not a trusted source, then why are they listening to you in the first place? Right. That's why you get no-showed. Zero value, zero credibility. You didn't drive home the message. Maybe you had the first call and you set up another appointment. Yeah. I love where this conversation is going. Think about if you're cold calling if I'm talking to all the listeners out there. If you cold call for a living, and you should if you're in sales, right? How many how are you don't meet new people? So if you're cold calling, think about that cold call and your only objective is to set the appointment. Yep. Think about the outcome that you would have. That's your only job. You're not talking about any benefit, any feature. You're not even talking about the company. I don't even know how I got in touch with you. And if they bring it up, Mr. And Mrs. Prospect, I appreciate the fact that you would love the answers to these questions. And I would love to be able to explain it to you, but I don't have an hour and a half. <laughs> I have five minutes to be able to set up a right time for us to be able to start the process during our process. I am going to go through and break down each one of these questions where you no longer have to ask me that question. Cause I'm going to explain it that way. Right. Does that make sense to you? What made sense about it? What did you hear me say? Let me ask you a question: If you were me, why would you? Why would I explain that to you? Do you think? Yeah. All day long, you can call me all day. This is what I do, and I'm going to make sure I'm going to build up enough credibility and enough value. And am I telling that person that I'm the shit?
2: Yep. No. <laughs> well, you are indirectly. <laughs> they are feeling it.
1: They're gonna they're going to feel that I have to, I know something uh, they don't know.
2: Right, right. You don't have to brag about yourself. But I don't, they can you don't, feel they know who you are just by how you're expressing yourself.
1: I don't even like to say my name. I don't. Because it's not about me, this is about you. Right. I, I have something you want, correct? You signed up for whatever program or you I have this. I have this. I'm going to hold it in my hand like this is a letter opener. And if you had a letter and you couldn't get it open <laughs> and I had this, I have something you want, correct? Right. It's really that simple. No. So whatever I'm communicating to you, it's all about how I'm asking the questions and then how deep I'm getting with the answers. Right. If I feel you give me a Sunday school answer, I'm going to ask you another question. Sometimes I'll ask the question five to six different ways. Just yep. so I'm, fi- I'm trying to get. It's like a heat-seeking missile. I'm trying to get close. It's like shooting a bunch of test missiles. It's like shooting. Yeah. Like oh, I was off. Okay, well, I'll try again. Because I know for sure, I'm going to do the, them a disservice if I don't handle that properly with them. Because there's a yeah. good chance they don't show up. What happens with no shows? How do you feel in no shows, listeners? When someone wastes your damn time, how do you feel? Do you feel ugly? You probably don't give a shit. You just be like, oh, let's go call this other person because i'm just here for the paycheck that's another problem right the best of the best the top one percent salespeople in the world they only focus on building a relationship first because they know to be where they want to be and to stay there consistently that's the only way because yeah. top performers in Any industry, I don't care if it's even in sales, you're all in sales. Every person on this planet's in sales. You're selling something. Understand the importance of building that relationship and establishing a connection before attempting any type of conversation about benefit, feature, sale, whatever. I take it away from, I don't want you to worry about this product. I don't want you to worry about the training. I want you to worry about my relationship with you and our connection. If I feel at some point in this first call, let's go back to the cold call. Right at the end of that cold call, I always will mention, I know you had a lot of questions at the beginning of this call, but for the most part, do you have an understanding of where and what you need to do? You're like, yes. What do you need to do? (laughs) Right? And then I'm going to go, that's a tie down. I'm getting, making sure they understand what they need to do. Right. If any chance, any reason whatsoever, if we decide if I go ahead and you know, book you in for this call, and, and that's going to be 15 minutes of my time, and I will tell you this, the assignments that I gave you today, what I'm counting on you to do is to make sure you complete this assignment. And say, for instance, you don't complete this assignment if you don't have it in my inbox where my assistants share it with me, because 10 minutes before that meeting for 15 minutes, I sit down with my notes from this conversation we just had. And further information, I'm going to open up a file and I'm going to put all the information, all the assignments you work on. So that way I'm able to go back and measure and reassess, spend that time, invest that time for me to make sure that I'm going to be game ready right when, you, right when I call you on time. Make sense? Yes, yes. Yep. Do you understand why that's important for me? Because you're not just going to waste 15 minutes of my time. You're going to waste 25 minutes, maybe potentially 30 minutes of my time. Right, Not to mention my assistant's time. One of them. My team's time. You're going to disappoint me. Remember when you were a kid and your dad or mom punished you? Well, how did you feel when they said that you were disappointed in you? That's a messed up feeling, is it not? Does it seem, Wes, and from your... Does it seem because you're looking at me and you can see me and everyone else isn't they're hearing me or watching a video of it. Yeah. Does it seem like that I have the intention of them winning in mind? Of course.
2: You're, you're letting them know your standard. You're letting them know your expectations, but that's also to fuel the urgency of, of them, right? To feel the urgency of why they need to do what they need to do and hold that accountability to them. Mm-hmm. But again, it's all for their own benefit. That's why you're here, right? right. And that's, that's a key part. One thing I love that you did as well going back to cold calling. Cause a lot of people don't do this. Like if, if they're, if somebody's asking you, if they're, if you get on a cold call and the prospect is asking you a question, you feel the need to answer it right away. Nope. Whereas you're not, you take it away from them and you're going to tell them this is, you know, uh, we're going to get to that by the end of this call. If you still have questions, I will definitely answer them for you. And then you go through with it. You just know, control and by, the call.
1: Just all right. I'm doing is just taking control. And
2: you don't even have to answer any of those questions. You know, you could, you you could really not answer any of those questions because their questions were probably not even the right questions anyway, but you've given them the clarity they needed. So now they know exactly what they need to
1: do moving forward. And not just the clarity they needed, they got the connection in the way they felt. Right. People don't buy any product or service, anything. They buy how they felt. They're going to remember that piece. Right. And this is where I spent years in the education world way before I went to entrepreneurship and it got me ready to understand what a buyer goes through because I, I had to watch these students go through programs and not just get through the program and get to the end they had to pass a review and get placed in a job somewhere and you will know you did this them a disservice I guess when they got to about two weeks after they went into school and they'll be like, man, screw you, Chris, or screw you, whoever. Yeah, <laughs> Because if you didn't tell me any of this stuff, that's how you know if you suck or not. So years of me doing that and then going into entrepreneurship, I understand the approach and what approach I should have from the customer's perspective only. And this is where I honed in on my craft and my approach. You hear this a lot, but putting yourself in the customer's shoes, is one of the most effective ways to gain an understanding about your customer's perspective. This will give you more emotional intelligence, yes? Yep. Showing your customers that you understand where they're coming from helps to establish rapport and shows that you're not just trying to close the deal and get them through the process, but you actually want to help them find the right solution for them. Does it mean it's going to be inside that sales process or with the programs or products or services? Maybe not. And that's where your buyer, that's where your moral obligation with that buyer is vital. Because you if they're not, if you feel in your heart, they're not ready for that, you got to throw them back. And I don't yeah. mean by throw them back. It doesn't mean you're not ready for this and hang up. No, you try to, Get them ready. Here's what I would do in your situation to get you ready for that. Blah, blah, blah. This is what you do for me. I'm not going to have time to individually get on the phone with you anymore because you, I need to worry about the, the prospects and the people that I'm working with and getting them ready for that position. You will have your time again. But I will do for you is XXX. What, is it, what are the chances of that person coming back to me of getting themselves ready? They've just increased tremendously because I have a moral obligation and they're going to feel that I had their best interest at heart. Yes. Yeah. How many of you out there listeners maybe have sold someone something that you knew they weren't ready for, but they had the money. Very beginning of this episode that I mentioned that I have zero buyer remorse with my prospects. And if I do have someone contact me, it has nothing to do with the way that I treat them during that process. It had everything to do with their execution or the execution with the fulfillment team. That was the issue. It had nothing to do with me and what I did. Right. It had everything to do with them or the company. And if it had something to do with me, that's where I need to take that situation and break it down and figure out where the company went wrong as a whole. You're not just right. going to make more money, people. <laughs> You're. You're going to create more opportunities and you're going to inspire people. And this is where you sometimes as a seller or a business person, as an entrepreneur, can start hitting goals. And, and this is one thing I love about humans is we're always going to adapt. Are we not, Wes? Of course. And we'll take things for granted. I took things for granted somewhere in my entrepreneur journey. Maybe I was just so tunnel vision. That's what happens when you get you're a very driven individual. Like I have to complete something. <laughs> I have to yeah. get through it. You start f- compromise the quality of life and start forgetting to do it in your personal life. And that's where I failed. Yeah. And it takes a situation, event. Maybe it takes a feeling because that's one thing that it drives me is a fear of loss. And you have to sit back and, and be comfortable enough and not ashamed to be able to communicate it. Because when people look up to you, it's hard for you to lose that status, isn't it? No. I'm, not a, I'm 100% able to do that because of the fact I need to own my side of it. No. But only my side. I'll forgive all the rest because I need to do that for myself. But the first thing I need to do is forgiving myself. So a lot of you, and the reason I'm bringing this up, you are failing your buyer if you don't do this. What you need to do is first own it and then say sorry to yourself for it and then learn a different way of doing it. If I'm able to communicate in that type of way, in a business way, in a sales way, is it the same thing in personal? That's what I'm talking about, merging it. Right. It's the same habits. And those habits will dictate your behavior and that behavior will have an outcome. Yes, good or bad. Yep. And this is where your repercussions come in. (laughs) Good or bad. So if you're listening to this, ask yourself, are you failing your buyer? And that's done by trial closes and tie downs and how well you drive home and get to the core. That's the only way you're going to do it. It's It's the missing ingredient in every sales approach. Every sales approach. It's the only way you're going to hit the numbers that you really want to hit. And some of you are trying to hit certain numbers and you have no idea that you can be here. Sometimes I'm, I, I'm blown away by the results, but it's not about my results that I'm driven by. You see, that's the, no. that's the motivating factor for me. People are trying to sell product or service and trying to hit certain numbers. I'm trying to change lives, man. I'm trying to make an impact with them and do something they never thought they would ever do in the levels they ever thought. And that's where all the good that I've done in my life outweigh the mistakes that I made in my past and mistakes I made in my sales process, an entrepreneur and salesperson, whatever it is. The first steps, owning it. Second steps, saying sorry to yourself and all the moving parts around it. And then formulate a plan to never do that again.
2: Right. And to get better from it.
1: And that's you how you grow, grow every day. Yeah. You have to I'm focus on going on this. a little rant here, but I, no. it, it triggered something in my mind. It, trial closes, where, that's the only way you're going to get to the emotions, Wes.
2: Right. Well, that, But that's what it is. I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, and it comes back to one thing. This is really the, the only thing I want to say with this. is There's a difference between average, good, and great. And the only thing that is different is effort. Mm. And you're willing to take accountability, you being willing to admit you're wrong, you being admit, you know, willing to grow from pain and then pass that on to other people and being vulnerable in that. There's, that's how you grow. That's how you get better. And you deliver that same effort to your, to your buyer, to your prospect. And that's why you do way better than everybody else because also the amount of effort you put into it is way more than anybody else. And that has a direct correlation with the results that you get.
1: I appreciate you saying that. And I hope the listeners understood one piece of that. And it's not just about effort. You gotta be productive and proactive with that effort. It's one thing in life that we take another thing we take a granted for is our energy. You have energy drainers, you have energy gainers. Energy is infectious, yes, yes? Yep. So if I if I have a lot of energy, not enthusiasm, energy difference and I'm able to transform or actually transfer my energy positively in their lives, what do you think that does to them overall?
2: Changes their overall experience, their overall perception. Right. That's
1: another factor. And it's not about how much time and effort that I put into my approach or put in with every person that I communicate with doesn't mean that I do this with every person that hits my lead base if I'm a salesperson, or this doesn't mean that I do this with every salesperson that I'm training. Doesn't mean I'm doing it with the whole team or the whole company or the whole corporation. No, doesn't mean that. I'm going to mean I'll be doing it with the ones that are qualified to work with me. That's another factor. There's certain people that are qualified to be able to speak with me individually. There's certain people that are going to work with team members that I trained with this methodology that in the same type of intention and the same type of outcome in mind. Why is that important? Wes, to respect your time with that, that well, again, you're holding yourself to that standard.
2: So you're being who you say, who you say you are. You're being who you, you come across to other people too. You're being true to yourself. You're being authentic. Mm-hmm. and the fact that you
1: do that will make other people respect your time as well. It's a little game of, I say sales is a game of inches. It's literally yeah. a game of millimeters. It's little layers that you keep adding on every day and you're doing it with consistency. And even when I'm, when I'm communicating with somebody, I know when I to wrap up here. I got things to do and so do you. When I go to communicate, I go to communicate why I'm going to be consistent with my approach with them and why I'm asking certain questions. And I'm going to keep asking you these questions. I'm going to keep beating it in your brain that you can do this. I want you to say it to me out loud. Have you ever had a buyer that you made say it that they actually deserve success or whatever it is? Yeah. If that's what's getting in their way. I told one person on the phone one time that... And Maybe I shouldn't say this at the end of the call, but the hell with it. I asked him to go on. I said, do you have a phone? He said, yes. Great. On that phone, do you have an app called Amazon? He said, yes. I even have Prime. I said, even better. <laughs> what I would like for you to do is go in that app, type in mirror. He said, okay. So when you get there, type in mirror. and I want you to purchase one of the smallest mirrors, whatever it is. He's like, I got a mirror in my house. I said, no, no, I want you to buy a new one. Because the ones you've look, been looking at, they haven't been working well. Because you need to understand you are actually a real person. You have a heart. You have two eyes. You have soul, whatever it is. You can be successful. And you are sabotaging your results in yourself. You are ruining your life. What kind of impact do you think I have with him after that? unbelievable one and he was about to buy and i told him that and it wasn't about him buying though i didn't recommend it and the reason why we're having an issue and conflict and tension is because i wouldn't let him buy what he wanted to buy and when i said that to him try to communicate it i did it in a certain way and of course you look at a rapport level and some of you might be listening to this and be like damn that was mean no sometimes when i'm talking about listening to and really listening, you're listening for breathing patterns and listening for something. you got to change their pattern. And changing their state sometimes takes a drastic move. I didn't say anything offensive, but I got his attention because he yeah. never heard someone ever communicate that to him the way I did. And I, his assignment was, I want, to, I want you to go home and get home. I'm, you don't need to order a mirror. Uh, that was just using that for effect, and I'm just trying to make an example. What I would like for you to do is write down why you feel, why you should feel like you own it, like you know you deserve it, or whatever it was. Why should you why should I and let you do this? sell me? I made him write out and send me an email how like the reasons why he deserves this. Yeah. That's a completely different type of approach. People in that sales team was what they were doing is they were pitching people on those programs. Yeah. I was took it away from them and they were begging for it. Yeah. Completely different. And It's only done by trial closes. I hope all the listeners got a lot of value from this. Wes you had anything you want to add? I know i got a little chatty on this one.
2: No, it was beautiful. I mean, it's, it's absolutely perfect. And I hope people can see how to correlate all of this back to tie downs and trial closes because it has everything to do with it.
1: Again, what is a trial close? What is a tie down? Submit it on the feedback form. How do you feel about what we discussed so far? Are you ready to learn more? These are surface level. They no longer work. it's not a trial close. Stop listening to these sales trainers that have been in this game for 30 years walking around, I don't even know, if they're walking, walking around and telling you and trying to communicate, and they'll shoot these videos because they have the presence online, telling you all this old shit that no longer works. Stop listening and use your own imagination and brain. What, how are you going to be able to deliver a message if you're only doing it service level? They need to feel it. Go do it. Guys, I hope you got tons of value. I hope I didn't piss anybody off, but then again, this might be changing a state with you and might get your attention. So if I got to one person and they helped you, it's worth my time. Would you agree with us? I mean, just reach one person and hopefully help them. Yeah, absolutely. So people can only help themselves. Let's try it. So other than that, Wes, I appreciate you being on and let me get through some of my rants about this topic, <laughs> but we can touch on this. If, if the listeners, you really want us to, you know, go into more detail with this, we're happy to do so. Just fill out the feedback form. Let us know how we can help. Other than that, keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Y'all stay safe. God bless. Bye guys.
0: Thank you for taking your time and listening to today's podcast of The Win-Win Effect. In success, it's all about living a better quality of life. So at the very least, subscribe to The Win-Win Effect podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Feel free to share on your social media or simply tell a friend about it. Also, please rate and review the podcast.